11 after 2 in the PM. Welcome to Madrasa on A. With me, Adla Fortune, and in the house, we've got Sheikh Ibrahim Abrahams. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ati Adila, mashallah, how are you? Alhamdulillah, uh, our listeners, as, they, as we said, we will start off with a du'a, if you do not mind. We beg and ask of Allah to assist and help us and to give us an assistance in knowledge and insight and understanding. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wal aqibatu lil muttaqin wal jannatu lil muwahideen wa la udwana illa ala al-zalimin wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen sayyidina wa maulana muhammadin wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in Allahumma inni as'aluka ridaka wal jannah ونسألك من سخطك والنار يا أزيز يا غفار يا رب العالمين اللهم علمنا بما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وارزقنا علما يا ذا الجلال والإكرام وصلى الله على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله People um, uh, or listeners out there, we have dealt with, uh, we said the three topics that we're dealing with. The first one, knowing my Lord. The second one, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? The third one, leadership in Islam and its progression. In the first lesson, Alhamdulillah, uh, we have now developed, we have managed in the very first day to be able to share with you. Uh, we're looking at the word Lord and what was the definition there. We then went into the creation of man and we went to the malaika and jinn, the role that they play. And then we had the discourse of Ibra- with I- Iblis and Allah Ta'ala and what happened there on that side. Then we went to the fact that that Allah Ta'ala is the Lord of all creation. And then thereafter we understand the creator of everything that exists. And the point then came to the way we ended off yesterday. Have I accepted Allah as my Lord? Now, um, we, we're moving on from there onwards, right? Uh, at that point of at, uh, saying, have I accepted Allah as my Lord? Um, we need to understand when we speak about a Lord as, as Allah, there's two qualities with Allah. There's two important qualities that Allah wants us to see within when we call Allah Ta'ala our Lord. Now the one Arabic term for the word Lord is the word that is called Rabb. As those qualities that we described as, as what we meant by Lord, those qualities is in Allah the, the Lord or the word Rabb. Now remember we said Allah says Allah Rabbul Alameen is the Rabb of everything that exists. Right? Of whatever they exercise, right? um, so the, we see that Allah Taala has has presented Himself as Lord in Rabb. When it comes to the processes of what happened in the time of our Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, when Allah sent Him to the earth, and He came to be able to deal with people, and He had to be able to guide mankind to righteousness, we saw that the world then identified Allah as Law as as Rabb. They saw him as Rabb. They saw him as the, the Lord of all creation. 
from the one aspect. That's why we said to you, in Rob, there's a double connotation that needs to come with. The first aspect thereof is the word Rob. Now, the word Rob has reference to the might and the power and the qualities that Allah exists in having to create and having created and given all the powers that there is in everything. And we've given some examples. When we say to you, just if you look at the sun, if you look at your own brain, if you look at the human body, if you, you look at the fact that you and I have eyes and nose and we actually make use of these things, but these are all the powers given to us by Allah. So these are the, if it was given to us by Allah, it means Allah have created us with these powers. So He is in charge of these powers, He's given it to us so that we can make use of these powers and so that we can benefit in this world through these powers and become of benefit to others. This is precisely the reason why Allah has given us these powers. But that is not the, and we said there was a double connotation in the word Rab, right? Now, Allah became known to the world for Rabb, and Allah says to us in the Holy Quran with references to the people in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah should you ask him, Allah says to the Nabi should you ask of them, the people around you, Man who is the one who created the heavens and earth? Allah, most definitely they say absolutely nobody else except Allah. Subhanak. Meaning, for sure, that they knew that Allah created everything. But where was the problem? Why was it that they identify Allah as Rabb, but did not worship Allah? Now, this is where the problem is. Even in today, many people could accept Allah as, as Lord and Creator of everything as Rabb, but they do not give to Allah the second quality. The quality number two is the important quality for you and me, for we have accepted Allah as Rabb, but have we, have, have we accepted Him as Ilah? So what does the word Ilah mean? Have we accepted Him as Ilah? Ilah means somebody who's got might and power and value that can benefit me, that can even harm me, because his abilities is of such a nature that he has the power over everything. Subhanak. But his means is not to be able to harm me. He only wants to benefit me. He wants to qualify me. He wants to be of benefit to me. Subhanak. But because of that qualities that he have, the question is, is there anybody else or anything else? If he has got all those power qualities and he's in charge of everything, he's so mighty, so powerful. Can we give the power of worshipping to anything other than him? If everything else that exists is creation and he alone is creator, do we deserve to, to worship anything else of creation? Should we make anything worthy of being create, being the creation to give them the value and status of Ilah, the thing that we worship? So if he is at the mouth and the power and exists and has given the powers to whoever and whatever there is in his creation, isn't he alone the person that deserves that quality of worshipping? And this is where the problem lies. Like we said in the time of the coming of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, like what has happened through the ages prior, had mankind recognized Allah as Rabb, Ilah, Rabb as the Rabb of the might and power that he has, and that everything in creation is because of his might and power, and he has shared that with everybody and everything. But 
they do not give unto him the right of worshipping. They worship him everything other than Allah Ta'ala. Now, that is important that we need to understand. Do we see, so when we say, have we accepted Allah as Lord, as Rabb, have we also accepted him as Ilah? Meaning, are we prepared to worship none other but Allah and Allah alone? For when you and I say Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah, the objective is to be able to say I be testimony to the fact that nothing and nobody ever has the right to be worshipped other than Allah. Nobody will ever have the right to be worshipped, meaning Allah alone and absolutely alone carries the right of being the one to be worshipped. We shouldn't worship anything else. Because when you worship anything else, you become a slave of that thing. And we are only the slaves of Allah. We, that's why Allah, when Allah gives us honor, He calls us His slaves. He calls us His slaves. And may Allah grant us to be worthy of being the slaves of Allah, ready to serve our Lord as Rabb and Ilah. Right? The people of Makkah knew and saw Allah as the Rabb, but they worshipped the idols. So you and I need to ask, have we accepted Allah as our Rabb? Now, it can be very subtle in the sense that initially for now we will ask this question, but we are going to ask this question more than once, inshallah, as we go along to be able to ask and see how we develop in the education of knowing our Lord, which is Tawheed, that we, you and I, need to be able to worship Allah, to accept Him as Rabb and also as Ilah. And we'll continue right after this. Twinnig oor 2, ons breek vir advertenties. Plan geskakel vir Sheikh Ibrahim Abrahams. 21 after 2 in the PM, we continue with Madrasa on A with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrahams. Shukran Fati Adela. Um, we ended off just minutes before on the issue of accepting Allah as Rabb and accepting Allah as Ilah. And we need to be able to have a clear difference between the two and a clear acceptance of both, right? Because if you can accept Allah as both, you can recognize, because it's through Rububiyyah, He's Rabb, the fact that He's Rabb, that we see His might and power and we recognize we can rely and depend on Him and He can be there for us. But to be able to worship anything other than Him, it's not fair. And may Allah grant us to come to worship only Him. And him alone, for he alone is deserving, and that's what we say when we say Ashadu and La ilaha illallah. Now, the strongest statement in the universe, in the whole universe, the strongest statement that stands stronger than anything in the universe is the words La ilaha illallah. That statement is stronger than anything in the universe, the whole universe. Those words stand stronger and firmer because there's no statement as great and as strong as the statement of La ilaha illallah. And only when you and I come to recognize what it is, what it says, what it means, and you prepare to accept that and love your life to that standard. It's a very high standard set for you. And you will be to take that and live to that. And you can understand the depth of how you put your total trust in Allah. You recognize He is the mighty fool, the powerful, that everything belongs to Him. And He has the power over all things. 
greater than whatever you and I, I can ever imagine or dream. He possesses everything and everything belongs to Him. And He gives unto you and me. He shares with you and me. He gives all our needs to us, whatever your and my needs are. That's in Rububiyah. In Rububi, yeah. But in Uluhiyah, we recognize that we knock at His door. We call from Him. We ask of Him to serve, to give to us, to share with us. And He alone can serve and give to us. And we also recognize the fact that we need to worship Him. And when we say worship, when He commands, we follow His commands. When He instructs, we follow His instructions. When He tells us what to do or gives that advice, we see that we follow that advice. If He prevents us from doing things, we abstain from those things. And that makes us recognize that He is Ilah, His Rob, and His Ilah. Right? May Allah grant us khair and barakah that we see both the sense of rububiyah, Rabb from Allah, and uluhiyah, that Allah is the ilah. And Allah expects of us to be able to make meaning of the fact that we then find out how we should be able to put that forth in our lives as who Allah is and how to be able to worship Allah Ta'ala. So having to be able to see that, we need to move on to the next level, which we say, we then need to come to know Allah better. So, who best can inform us about Allah? Is there anybody or anything that can inform us about Allah? Scholars comes to the agreement that nobody except Allah Himself can give us the best, best advice of who He is. So Allah tells us who He is, right? And Allah is the one that tells us the qualities of Himself as a Rabb and an Ilah. Allah alone does that. And Allah put, or not alone, Allah puts that to the best of what man is in need of. The other person that can tell us much about who Allah is, is His Prophet which Allah has sent to guide us, to teach us, to educate us of who He is. That Prophet was guided or sent, fed with the necessary skill and ability and knowledge, deep insight of everything, the, the details of what professors will never come to know. He, Allah has granted that to the, to the Anbiya and especially our Nabi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. He had vast, vast, deep insight. A great, a great IQ, if you put all the, the whole words, the, the IQ of the whole world together, will not come to the IQ of the Nabi Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa his depth of knowledge and insight, but it comes, that's why he had no teacher. Allah has been his teacher, has taught him, has fed him everything to detail, which must probably... The person who is the professor or the person who does the research will still take many years to be able to obtain it was given to the Nabi split seconds. Subhanak. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was this person whom Allah has given. So he is the second person that can tell us besides Allah in the Holy Quran, our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Allah has endowed him with deep amount of knowledge, given him extensive amount of information, depth of allowing us to come to know who Allah is and how we be able to live this world as slaves of Allah, submitting to Allah in the manner given to us by Allah in the Holy Quran and in the manner of our beloved Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And I must probably want to use an example here that the few days prior we spoke to you about Allah telling us that He is Rabbul Alameen. And we use the ayah where Allah says Alhamdulillahi Rabbul Alameen. He said to us, 
thanks and, gr and gratitude belongs to him, the Lord of the universe, of everything that they exist. We say to you, Allah tells us in Surah Alaq, Surah number 96, Allah said there, Ikra' bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq, read in the name of your Lord that created. So he, he tells us about, all the time he tells us about himself. Example in Surah Fatiha, after the first verse, after the verse that he said, Rabbil Alameen, he said to us, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, that he is the most compassionate, the most merciful. Right? He also tells us, Malik Yawmiddin, that his position is that he will take charge and will alone be in charge because he's given us a world where we give, we are given rights and, and rights to be able to say yes and no in this world in the year after. He gives us no rights to say yes and no. They, that day he takes charge of everything. And he will give us, then we will not have the powers that we were given on earth. On earth you were given the right to say yes and no as you wish. You will not be able to say yes, you will not be able to say no. You will only have to submit to his command on that day. His Rabb is Maliki Yawmiddin in charge of everything to such an extent if you think you know something, will have no right to present your case in front of Allah, for Allah will allow your body parts to speak, and your tongue will be, si be silent. You will not be able to use your mind, and you, you'll be shocked at what happens when your body responds of Allah, informing Allah, and your hands will say, Oh Allah, this person made me take where it was not fair. Or your eyes will say, "My, you, this person made me look in things that was not right. Or this person made me speak of what was not fair. Or to walk into a direction of injustice or wrong or negative things. And the body parts will say, we did this because this person did this on us. Showing to us, Allah tells us that he is Maliki Yawmiddin, the person in charge of your Qiyamah. So, we said Allah tells us about who Allah is, but more so Allah speaks about the fact in Suratul the Surah of Tawheed where Allah tells, speaks about Alhamdulillah what, what we say uh, when Allah says say Allah is one so Allah tells us that He is one. But what is meant by He is one? Allah is one in His Tawheed. Allah is alone in His position as the one worthy of worship. And that Allah is whatever there is person needs to worship, the worshipping belongs to Allah and Allah alone. Because of his rububiyyah, because he's the Rabb and he's the powerful and the mighty, and he possesses the powers and has given some of those powers to the creation that, he, that there is, he is the one that is the power of it all stronger than that is given to the creation. And alone through the fact that he is the creator of them all, alone is he one in the worship that there is. Which means... If you feel you need to worship like what happens to mankind on earth, in the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we said they identified Allah as the Rabb, but they didn't identify Allah as Ilah. Why? Because they saw the need to be able to worship, 
but they went to the idols and they worshipped. How did they do that? They had important personalities in their lives and these people played an important role before and as time went by they built uh, idols of these people and then used this person and said that this person was good for certain things, good certain qualities that he had, then they used those qualities and used him or that idol to worship the idol. But it takes generations to be able to do that. The first generation just gave honor to the idol, and the second generation or third or fourth or fifth generation then came to worship by having to run to the idol, to beg of the idol. Example, this was a courageous person in war. And he was known to his people, and they made build an idol of him. And then later on, they say whenever they need to go on war, they need to go to this idol and speak to this idol. This idol will help them when it comes to war. But when they have a problem of, of, of what we call a medical problem, medically, then there's been certain other people who's in the medical fraternity at their time has done wonderful work and wonderful things and then they build an idol to remember this person and generations after the people idolize the idol to the extent that they look for whatever is the medical help and they need assistance medically they would run to this idol and beg of the idol to educate and to teach or to, to look after and protect them from the pains and the difficulties that they go through in the medical world now so from situation to situation even for that matter they know of a person who's maybe had a wonderful relationship with the partners and it has had such a profound effect in the life of those people before then they build an idol on this person's name and later on they started worshipping this idol so whenever there's somebody who wants to get married or is looking for a partner he would go to that idol and beg of that idol to grant him that things so it shows us when it came to the worshipping when it came to identifying Allah as the Rabb they identified him but when it came to identify him as Ilah the one to worship they did not worship Allah, they worship other. So when Allah sent to us this message of Islam where Allah wanted to understand, Allah wanted us to realize that everything of the might and power belongs to Allah of the might and powers that there is in creation, but also everything in worshiping belongs only and only to Allah. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Now Allah tells us that everything in Allah's creation in actual fact is worshipping none other but Allah. They are worshipping none other but Allah. Meaning everything in creation. But the human, the human being, because he's been given the power to think for himself, the power to decide for himself, the power to say yes and no, right? He would say yes and no. Then without sometimes using his intellectual power given to him, without having to see the depth, he just makes a decision and he decides and sometimes decide against what is right. And because of this position that man's whole holds, man, some of them came to worship the real Lord and others came not to. But we've also given to you the other thing that stands on the other side of what we said to you initially when Allah created man what role shaitan played and what he said to Allah and thus the reason for you and me needing to say is shaitan having a power in playing our life with us by having to offer us others to worship besides Allah that we should be thinking of but that precisely is it one he would want us to deny Allah to worship 
He want to deny. He want us to deny Allah worthy of being worshipped. And that's the reason of so many people and so many beliefs. He's given so many alternatives to worshipping. There's millions of alternatives that he's offered the world out there. And many people worship many things. To such an extent that certain people, when they go into the find to look for worshipping, they say, I can't worship this and I can't worship So let me rather go for being an atheist. I don't worship anything because it can't happen. In my own words, when a person is an atheist, then I say that only reason a person can become an atheist is if he did not do enough research, if he stopped the research and seeking for his Lord, then so you and I need to know. Let's listen to the words of the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Son of some of his words when it comes to his Lord. He says, Allahumma arina al haqqa haqqa. Oh Allah show us the truth as truth. And grant us the capacity and the ability to follow that truth. To love it. And allow us to see the injustice, the wrong, the fault, the error, the shortcomings and, and, and sins as wrong. And that which comes from shaitan, from the negativity, let us recognize it as wrong. Don't make it dubious for me. Don't make it in between. I'm not sure. Is it this or that? Make it clear to me, Allah. And allow me to follow that. If it's positive, that I follow that. And if it's negative, that I abstain from that. Allow me not to do or participate in that. وَلَا تَجَأَلْهُمُ الْتَبِسًا عَلَيْنَا فَمُضِلَّ The Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam carried on and say, Allah, do not make it dubious. Make it very, very clear for me. Because if you leave it dubious to me, where I need to still, in my weakness as human being, with my little knowledge and little insight that I have, and I have very little in comparison to what you have given to you, to humanity and to others, oh Allah, I beg you, if you leave it, if you do not show me, if you do not guide me to righteousness, I probably can fall, uh, become astray, can go astray, can do wrongful things, can be dis- disobedient without me realizing. Ya Rabb, subhanak, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Just listen to how the Nabi has put his words. This is our Nabi, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to whom Allah has given the best guidance. But as a messenger, he came to teach you and me how we should connect our life with Allah and see the possibility that shaitan can corrupt and destroy your mind and mine. Your parents' mind and mine. And my parents' mind. Your kids' minds and hearts and my kids' hearts and minds. Allah can destroy through the process of shaitan coming, can open up the door for uncomfortable negativity. But if we keep our a connection with Allah and realize it's only Allah who can guide us and guidance only comes from Allah and we keep the connection and beg and show Allah plea and Allah shows us that because as Muslims there's one important aspect that all of us is in dire need on a continuous basis nay not the Muslimin only every human being is in dire need of that but Allah shows not only everybody else that's not Muslim must be able to do it. The Muslim needs to per- perpetuate, carry on, continuously beg and plea and cry to Allah for, for that uh, position. And that is when Allah says, al-mustaqim. Guide us unto the straight path, Ya Allah. Give us guidance. Do not allow us to be misguided. Right? And the unfortunate situation is 
the world out there, sometimes we call ourselves Muslims. And this is what Nabi has shown us. That even us, the person who calls herself Muslim, must be, be so convinced of the fact that shaitan has the power to corrupt and I need to turn to Allah on a continuous basis, begging Allah, your guidance is what I'm in need of continuously. Guide me, Allah. Don't allow shaitan to misguide me. Don't allow shaitan's power and might to overcome. And may Allah grant us what is best and allow us to be of the real Muslims that can recognize that we need Allah not only as Rabb but Allah as Ilah. We'll continue right after this. There's 243. Remember, this is a new program brought to you by Voice of the Cape. And it's broadcasted Monday to Thursday, 2 to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. On a Friday, we bring you in conversation. Tomorrow, inshallah, the focus is on Sikhir, part 3. Blind Geskokkel. Yep, welcome to Madrasa on Air, a new show brought to you by VOC on 91.3 with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrahams. Alhamdulillah, I think the Adla you mentioned that there was a question. Yep. Okay, so the listener wants to know where can you obtain that du'a that Sheikh just mentioned a moment ago? MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah for that question. Uh, uh, I, I would want to just say to the listener for now, um, the reference I don't have in front of me right now, allow me to get it for you, inshallah, in tomorrow's lesson. I hope to be able to repeat the, the, the du'a that we've made, where Allah, our Nabi Sallallahu has made this du'a, and show you how our Nabi has made, and where did our, the uh, reference to indicate to us from which books is it available for us, inshallah. Jazakallah khair. Thanks for that, Mati Adla. All right, that's the so only question for that's, now. That's the only question under Knowing My Lord, and I think that brings us to the end of the first segment called Knowing My Lord. We're going over to the second segment that said to us, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? And we, we've looked yesterday, or the few days before, we looked and we went over to, um, we said that uh, I'm a Muslim, so what's expected of me has an introduction of four basic questions. The first one, where do I come from? And I should have known now, we then indicated very clearly we came from our parents, which all came, our parents came from their parents, which came from Nabi Adam, and Nabi Abdan was the creator of mankind, the beginning of mankind, but he has also created us again the second time in the wombs of our mothers, after he has created Nabi Adam with all the mights and powers, he's created us in the wombs of our mothers to be able to come forth on, on this earth via birth. Right? But we actually call all come from Allah and we know the ayah that Allah says Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un Our whole life is all about coming from Allah and returning back to Allah Ta'ala. Then we went to the next question which is I need to know my purpose We've looked at the, the point of if I, had a, if I was purposeless which means I could have just done and we can imagine what the world would have been like if everybody was created purposeless and there was no purpose to our creation. We came to identify according to Quran and Ahadith that the purpose is that Allah says وَمَا خَلَقَتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ We have not created man, neither jinn, but to be able to worship Allah and Allah alone. So that is our purpose. 
We came to identify that. And then we went to the next point. We said, what is my objective? Meaning, what must I do and what effort must be put in and commitment must I have to be able to obtain certain results for having to fulfill my purpose? That would be my objective. And we said the objective would simply be that whatever I do on this earth must be with the intention that my Lord be satisfied with my actions. That brought us to where we went. And then yesterday we went into the last aspect. We said, so how do I go about to fulfill my purpose and reach my objective? That's where we went to. And from there onwards we started to develop and uh, to take you. And we say we need to become aware of the fact that we have a purpose. We need to go and seek knowledge for the purpose of implementation. And we said you could not fulfill the purpose of our life if you don't have the knowledge of how to be able to find that purpose. Because then you need to get yourself objective driven. You to see that you work with your object, objective to be able to get and make it easy for yourself to come to fulfill that. And that happens via that knowledge. And if you do that, you then easily come to implement and you need to be able to develop the process of I want to know the necessary knowledge, right? So today, inshallah, we hope to go slightly further than that. We said there need to be a want for knowledge. So we are looking at what we call the, 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 the benefits of knowledge for now. Right? So you and I can realize there are, there are benefits for knowledge. And when you actually go and seek the knowledge, you be, it, it benefits you and you can benefit others along. First and foremost, knowledge benefits us. We, we, we have a better insight. We have a better means of interacting and relating to others. But more so, our relationship with our Lord becomes so much more meaning, much more developing. But knowledge first allows us to be able to know how to relate and interact with the world around us, whoever we try, uh, deal with, whether it's our parents, whether it's our children, whether it's the people we work with, or, or whoever and whatever. The type of reaction that I'm going to give off is going to be a meaningful reaction simply because I know or I have the knowledge of how I should be dealing with because I give a sense of respect through that knowledge to others. It also means that it makes me, via the knowledge I have, a person that becomes a person with respect and honor and dignity. And I become respectful and everybody uh, reveres me simply because they see respect in the way I deal with them. And I honor them. I am not fighting them. I'm there to be able to work with them. Now, when I grow with that sense, may Allah grant us, and that happens through knowledge. And that sense to want to know. So the benefits of knowledge are what we can act and listen to the words of our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when he says to us Talabul ilm faridatun ala kulli muslimin The seeking of knowledge is a necessity on every person who wants to call him or herself Muslim. So for me to be Muslim, for me to become to real Islam, not my name being only Ibrahim Abrams, not being a Muslim by my mother being names X, my father's name is Y, not because of that. For me to be Muslim, real Muslim, the need for me to go and seek knowledge is an important factor. In this way, the Nabi says, "Faridatun," it's a necessity on everyone that calls himself he wants to be a Muslim. 
May Allah grant us to be Muslims. May Allah grant us to develop. May Allah grant us to realize what Allah wants for us. And now Allah wants to see all of us. You are Amin not to too young, neither too old. Nooit oud om te leer nie. Alright, dit is 10 voor 3. Ons brege vir ons vertenties. Plan geskakel vir Madrasa on Air. 2.51 in the PM. Welcome back to Madrasa on Air with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrahams. Alhamdulillah. MashaAllah, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, shukran for that one, the idea. Um, ladies and gentlemen, or the listeners out there, we were on the topic, or the second segment, of which we call, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We came to the point where we say, we now recognize the fact that we need to go and seek knowledge. And we were looking at the benefits of knowledge, and we saw that seeking of knowledge is something which Allah and His Nabi has told us is a necessity on us, right? May Allah grant us to be of those people who go out there. In a hadith or in a saying it says, the Nabi says, um, Please see that you seek knowledge from the cradle to the grave, which means let there be not a moment or let there be every moment that you go through life a means that you'd see how can you benefit yourself through having more gain, more knowledge as you go along, right? Meaning, be ready to enhance and take over and recognize that there's always an opportunity to be able to grow. Opportunity that you can develop and you can learn from things around you. So it starts from the cradle and it ends in the grave. Allahu Akbar. May Allah grant khair and barakah. Let's listen to another hadith of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man salaka tariqan, Man salaka tariqan yaltabisu fihi ilman, sahalallahu bihi tariqan ilal jannah. Whosoever goes a path, seeking knowledge therein, meaning who goes onto a road or leaves his house to be able to seek knowledge, sahalallahu bihi, sahalallahu lahu bihi tariqan ilal jannah. Allah make it easy for that person by by the, the fact that the effort that he has made, a path to Jannah. Allah make that path, the path to Jannah, easy for that person. Amen. May Allah make it easy for all of us. May Allah grant us to make, to make the, the path to Jannah an easy path. And according to the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the path of ease to Jannah is the path of that when I am ready to leave my home and seek knowledge, to sit at the feet of the scholars, to recognize that these people whom Allah has given insight and knowledge of the Siddin, of what Allah wants for us for the dunya and for our akhirah, and we go and seek that knowledge, Allah Ta'ala will make it easy for us, the path to our Jannah. Ya Rabb, may Allah forgive us for our shortcomings and make it easy for all of us. Amen. Ya Rabb. In, in, in another hadith of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, if a person goes and seeks knowledge, then before he actually, as he walks, before he puts his foot down on the ground, beneath his foot, the angels put their wings so they can walk on the wings of the angels. Allahu Akbar. Can you imagine if you're walking on the... Or driving on the on the wings of the angels, how much of Allah is, is barakah and khair and rahmah is with you and me, and how much are you protected from negativities and wrong, and how much benefit is there for you and me that Allah has? Look at the extent you're walking on the 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 wings of the malaika. The unfortunate thing is it's abstract to us, meaning it's not in the physical world. We cannot see it physically. 
uh, it's not tangible, we cannot see it happening, so we think it's not happening, but the Nabi says, nay, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, nay, it is happening when you go out to seek knowledge, and especially the knowledge of understanding your religion and your deen, your commitment and re- relationship with Allah, then Allah sends angels to be able to be in front of you, and as you want to put your foot down, He puts these wings down, and you walk upon their wings all the time, Ya Rabb. But so if you drive with a car, the car are driving on the wings of the angels, right? And Muswabi today with a cart, yesterday it was with the cart or something like that. Whatever you go down to do use to be able to get to the place where you need to seek the knowledge, whatever means of vehicles that you've used, allow to grant the fact that you're actually driving or moving or getting there to the position to the place where you need to in the manner of having to be able to walk and move on the wings of the angels. Subhanakla in another hadith, the Nabi sallallahu tells us of the beauty of when you and I go and seek knowledge and we walk and struggle to get there where we then the fishes in the sea makes dua for us and the air that you breathe in makes dua for you and everything in Allah's creation makes dua for you and me. Allahu Akbar. Can we imagine? Why? Because you go to want to understand Allah's deen and you would want to be able to increase the quality of your life. And Allah only gives you so much because you go out to seek the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala or to seek knowledge generally. So every student who goes out, no matter what he goes to study for, he gets reward as long as that thing is a beneficent, something beneficial. It can benefit him. So if he goes and studies something that's nonsensical, that's wastage, he cannot expect the same type of response. Um, yes, and so it's important to, for us to understand for, from a Muslim perspective that you and I go and recognize we need knowledge of this world. We need the positive, qualitative knowledge of this world. But we also, and similarly, in a similar vein, need the knowledge of the understanding of what Allah expects of us in this dunya and in the year after. So, we cannot have the knowledge of this world only. There's no sense for us to go and acquire knowledge at school or at university, tertiary level, and and, and becoming doing your your masters, your degrees, your, 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 your PhD. If you are not linking that to your development of your benefit for dunya and your benefit for akhirah. And the reason is very, very simple. If I put in the necessary effort to understand the world, what if I do not live forever in this world? And have I then prepared myself? There's so many people where this person, for that matter, uh, after having just acquired his, his, his PhD degree, he's just completed it. And something happened, he gets to the moment where he gets in an accident. And he calls to his dad at that moment of the accident, and his dad says to him, My son, what can I do for you? He says, Dad, tell me what is the value of my PhD degree if you haven't given me anything for having to return to my Lord. Subhanak. Meaning, the, the, the quality of the, the world 
is limited only to the worldly matter. If your aim is through that to come nearer to Allah, to be able to live as a good Muslim, to be able to come to know your Lord and come to know the issues of what Allah expects of you and me, then that is of value. It could serve you the benefit of this world and also the benefit of the year after your time of departure. So, na'udhu billah, may Allah protect. And we may Allah grant us only the best and allow us to understand we have a responsibility to go and seek knowledge and allow and, and make it a necessity on ourselves and our families. Allow them to understand that they need, you and I need to know we need knowledge and so we need to see that our offspring, our children, our family must also be given sufficient knowledge of Allah, of this deen. Because the value of the knowledge of this dunya only limits ourselves to this world and gives us no insight to the hereafter, no insight to the fact that what are we going to be questioned by Allah for what is going to happen the day I go into my grave where I'm going to be questioned. And if I leave my home to seek the basic knowledge, I come to be able to be a better Muslim, a better person and a better slave to Allah. May Allah grant that to happen to all of us, that we actually grow and develop to those extents, inshaAllah. Ten after three in the PM. Welcome back to Madrasa on Air with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. MashaAllah, shukran for that one, Alhamdulillah, we were on the segment, uh, I am a Muslim, so what is expected of me? We came to the point to the benefits of seeking knowledge, and we've shared that. Um, we're going into the last part of that segment, and that is where we say to ourselves, um, if we look at knowledge, what is important knowledge? What is the best form of knowledge that we can have? And the answer to that is the words of our beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he says, "Khayrukum man ta'allam al-Qur'an The best of knowledge for for you, and that makes you the best of people, is that you seek the knowledge of this Qur'an. And you pass it over to others. Subhanak la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. Right? Now, um, the reference here does not mean that you're only going to read the Qur'an in, as we say in our language, bacha, or recite the Qur'an. That is one aspect that is a necessity that all of us must develop with. If I say a necessity that must develop with, we saw that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he taught the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, he made sure that they pronounced the Qur'an properly and they read it properly and he taught them how to read this Qur'an and whenever they wanted to relate to us things that was important they would say if the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam see that something is important in knowledge he would be keen to educate us that matter like he would be keen to teach us the recitation of the Holy Qur'an Subhanak. So the recitation of the Qur'an is a necessity that is for each and every one of us. But that is not the only. He would also go be very keen, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, would be very keen in not only teaching us the recitation of the Qur'an, but also he was keen and educating us for the message of this Qur'an, to understand it, what is it all about, what is it saying to us. Now, especially you and I, the people that is not Arabic speaking, we don't necessarily always understand the verses uh, that when it's read in English, in, in Arabic. And so, 
it's expected for you and me to make an effort to also want to understand what is Allah saying to us because the most important aspect of the Quran is the message of this Quran it is the, the message of this Quran may Allah grant us all to have the zest and desire to want to at least understand what is in this message of the Quran we might not all have the full me the full language of this Quran but we at least will understand or get means and ways to understand what is in the message of this Quran and it is we are fortunate in today's life that it is to be found in every language the Quran is translated in almost every language that there exists today on earth that nobody can say that I did not understand the message you and I need to ask ourselves the question how much have we done the effort to want to understand the message of this Quran what is in it what's it saying to us now when it comes to the message of this Quran and its beauty it is something that comes from Allah it is the communication of Allah with you and me and you and I, me for us to be able to understand Allah's communication we come to understand Allah's commands and demands in his advice and and things that's not permissible for us and thereby we can live our best ability through having to understand this Quran which at least in is in translation format if you can go there and tr find the translation make it a norm in your life to read every day a portion of the Quran in Pacha but also read a portion of wanting to understand the message from, from the beginning to the end of this Quran and see how far you go when to say at least Alhamdulillah we read this Quran this Quran is becoming alive it now gets meaning there is a deeper meaning to this Quran but if we do not start somewhere that is light for us to get used to the Quran is massive it's big and so if I start at of the 30 Jews every day I do a portion do a few pages or a single page at least every day then inshallah as life goes on I will be able to manage to come to the reading to have said I've read everything that Allah has spoken to us about I might not understand the deeper meaning but generally understand Allah's message that Allah Ta'ala have sent the people that was fortunate in the state of the Arabs that was in Arabia at the time of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi was coming the Quran was revealed in their language so it could immediately because they understood their language they could immediately relate to what is this message what is Allah saying to them you and I do not have that uh, favor and capacity and so may Allah grant us to be able to make use of this Quran by going to it and wanting to understand what is the depth because nobody else will ever teach me anything of this Quran unless I go and seek it right yes my teachers that teaches me the Quran that we, when, when I deal the subject matter they might guide me but it's my commitment that is called for to be able to want to understand Allah's message because the most important part of my Islam is the point of me loving and understanding the message of my Lord Allah and that I implement that in my life and it can only be implemented if I go out to seek and understand it and seek the necessary knowledge so we've spoken on the benefits of knowledge and we then looked at the best form of knowledge in the words of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam khayrukum the best of you man ta'allam al-Qur'an whosoever seeks this Qur'an wa'allamahu and pass it over to other people in a hadith about the importance of knowledge allow me to share this one with you our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says to us that everybody 
everybody is living a life with these curses upon him. Everybody in the world, except for three people. Now, you and I need to see that we are one of the three. Al-Mu'allim wal-Muta'allim wa dhikrallah. Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la quwwata illa. The person who goes and teach others, the one who goes and seek knowledge, two, and the third one, the person who keeps him in connection in dhikrullah, in ibadah with Allah Ta'ala. So we see the process of our life on this earth in the advice of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is to say to us, you are either a teacher who teaches other people, you're either a student acquiring and achieving and recognizing that you need, or you're either a person that's connected with Allah. If you're not one of those three, then your life is a life where you are in the curses of Allah. Na'udhu Billah, we seek refuge of Allah and ask Allah to grant us not to be of those who allow our life to go back with, with having to have the curses in there. But not only in the Quran says Allah that, I mean in the hadith that our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says that, but it also comes through the, the, the ayat of Allah in the Holy Quran when we speak about when Allah means to us, Wal-Asr, Innal Allah swears by time, humanity's life is only bringing about destruction for their own self. All the life of you, the human being, except for people who believe uprightly. And do what must do and carry out the message of this Quran and carry out what they need to live by at the advice of the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's Amilu Salihat. They remind everybody and themselves of what is righteous and what is good, what is truthful. And they remind themselves that they need to persevere the challenges that life offers them. Allah puts it in that way. Subhanak. May Allah open the path for all of us. May Allah forgive all of us. May Allah grant us what is best in our dunya and best in our akhirah, insha'Allah. And we'll continue right after this. That is 22 after 3 in the PM. Yep, keep it logged on to VOCFM. We continue with Madras on A with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrams. Shukram for that one, Alhamdulillah. People, we are busy with segment number three. The first segment is knowing my Lord. The second one is I am a Muslim. So what is expected of me? The third one, leadership in Islam and its progression. If we look at the, the, way, the place where we started in leadership Islam and its progression, we were busy on Tuesday. We had an introduction of the subject. Uh, 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 and, and we looked at the definition from the Islamic perspective as to the meaning of the word and that it has what does the word uh, leadership mean and we went into that then thereafter we went to the process of looking at how Allah's great Nabi Adam has endowed him and given him all the powers needed of leadership so that he can lead humanity and guide us and he was given that and we said he was the only one created as an adult. He was immediately an adult. He had, did not develop. He was just given those things. He didn't go and learn lessons through it. It was just given to him. And then when he came to the earth and lived here, and Allah granted him children, he had to benefit them. And they had to learn the lessons through life as a human being. All of us. 
Then I had to learn the lessons and at the beginning of birth there was nothing that we knew and we developed through the processes and as we developed we came to learn to benefit ourselves and others. We then grew up, we then passed over the situation and that's when we said the need for able to understand that we need to leave behind a legacy in those days and times, right? And then when we depart, that legacy must be able to leave a message of who we were. So we've seen the process of that. Our Allah has given that to Nabi Adam and his children. We need to come to realize that Allah has given that favor later on to the prophets. Allah has given them the insight and the depth of understanding leadership. And Allah has endowed them with the depth of leadership. Yes, even though they were born, they learned, Allah did not allow anybody to teach them in their life. And Allah gave them the necessary knowledge. And Allah has sent Jibreel to give them deep insight and to allow them to understand. And Allah gave them, Allah actually nurtured them from a very young age so they can be on the path of guidance, the time when they need to be able to give the message over to their people. And so Islam is that holistic religion through the leadership of Islam man gets to perfection and can become beneficent and of benefit to be able to take the rest of humanity with him to higher levels what we call in the modern day civilization now civilization comes about because of leadership and that leadership is what Allah wants for mankind and Allah has given that abilities to all you, to all the Anbiya, every prophet there is. Now, you and I must probably know X amount of prophets and if I say X amount, our Quran shares with us approximately 25 um, of the Anbiya that we know by name. Um, there might be, there's definitely more than that in the words of our beloved Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he said to us, in this one hadith, that the amount of people that has been on Hajj with him the day of Arafah when he performed Hajj, that amount of Anbiya Allah sent to humanity on the earth. And the amount of people that was on Hajj on the, with the Nabi Muhammad wasalam, was approximately 124,000 people that was on Hajj with the Nabi Muhammad wasalam. Now if our Nabi said that that is the amount of Anbiya there is, which means there was approximately 124,000 Anbiya sent to various people right around the world in different places, meaning some places there might have been a Nabi in this place, or they might, for example, there might be a, a Nabi in mid-Africa and a Nabi in North Africa and a Nabi in South southern part of Africa at the same time. But they are only, de- each one of them is dealing with their own people, dealing with the issues that they need to deal with, guide them in the guidance of that. And so they each was given, endowed with the leadership qualities to guide and to lead and to give positiveness to their people. So this came from the Ambiya, right, which we call the Prophets. But similarly, that went on through the ages, through all the prophets, until Allah has sent the last prophet, the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, and he was endowed with whatever they were endowed with, 124,000 different ones at different places. He was given all that together, because he was given the final. He's the final messenger, carrying the final message for the final 
stage of life for humanity on this earth and the growth that the human race is going to develop in the modernity that is going to be so he was given the depth of greater insight and he's the greatest of leaders the greatest as Allah has endowed him with all the depth of that he did not have to seek it or acquire it or achieve it it was given to him and he was given all the protection from the very young age sallallahu alaihi wasallam to be able to nurture and rear him in a positive aspect so that nobody else teaches him it is directly from allah and jibril who actually had been with the nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam to allow us to come to understand through him the leadership that needs to carry on into humanity and in the process of the leadership of the Nabi Muhammad his job was of such a nature that he in actual fact then educated the people that's called the Sahaba he nurtured them, he reared them, he guided them, he supported them, he, he showed them the processes and he taught them on the path of how to become the leaders of the future generations to such an extent that there is a few people amongst his Sahaba radiallahu anhum that he sallallahu alayhi wasallam the messenger calls him the rightly guided khulafa those people who's going to be my followers who's going to follow me who's going to be the ones who's going to carry my message and who's going to look after my message and going to be the rightly guided ones and going to pass it over to the next generations those four we revere them, we honor them like we revere the Anbiya. We see them dignity because our Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa has said to us, we need to respect them, we need to recognize that Allah has chosen them and Muhammad has guided them sallallahu alayhi wa and that they will remain revered by Allah until Yawm al-Qiyamah and Allah will show them as to who they are. These are the four people, Abu Bakr radiallahu an, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu an, Sina Uthman radiallahu an and Sina Ali radiallahu an. Allah Ta'ala and His Rasul has selected them amongst the billions to be that wonderful people who's going to guide called the rightly guided Khulafa. And they were supposed to be the next group directly after the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam to guide humanity in what is best. And we've seen that Allah has chosen them and selected them in Allah's decree that they should be the rest of people that should follow after the Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam to guide humanity. And they've only guided us to what is best for our dunya and best for our akhirah. May Allah grant us to be of those who understand the process of the rightly guided khalifas. After the, the rightly guided khalifa, we also find our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says to us, that oh, that his, his companions are the best of people. They will only be there for the best of humanity. And his time that he lives in, in the first hundred years of life, of his coming until his departure, that will be the best generation for humanity. They will be the best generation for humanity. And after him will be less and less and less and less as time goes on. Those the companions, he calls them the stars for us. That they are our stars, they are our, the benefit for us. 
and their processes of life could benefit us for our best in this world and best in our year after inshallah may Allah grant us to be of those who actually realize that and follow the process of that and that they the business if you follow any one of them if you follow anyone of his my my companions no matter who it, it is if he's been my companion and he's been muslim born uh, 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 born in my time, lived with me, he saw me, he took from me sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and he lived Islam and died in the deen of Islam, then the Nabi says, wherever you find them, wherever you find them, they will be a benefit of the great stars to guide us towards righteousness in this dunya. Wherever they are, they will only guide others to that path. Subhanak. This is the words of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And he tells us that they are the best of leaders in the, in, in the time. The Sahaba, the, the, the Khulafa al-Rashidin, and then the great Sahaba, the, all the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. Just a comment from a listener. They say that the hadith that Sheikh mentioned early on in the program, it is in Al-Mufida as well, page 151. Okay, yes, uh, that's with reference to the to the topic that we said the Nabi the dua that we made we in we said that the Nabi sallallahu taught us to be able to say Allahumma arina al haqqa haqqa warzukna tiba'a wa arina al batila batila we say shukran to that listener who has given us uh, the way is it to be found it is to be found in for the English books for our people in the books of uh, the, the book of uh, uh, um, Amin Fakir called Al Mufida uh, it's to be found on page 151. We say to the, to the listener out there. And, and on to the next one, please repeat the three people, the three persons who do not have curses upon them. Okay, also as to the, the subject prior, we will say the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned to us that there are three people that will be cursed, or all people will be cursed, but three that will not have curses on them. Which means the life of people on this earth only takes them to be able to meet up with the curses of, of, of life. May Allah protect all of us, and we need to Amen. be in one of those three. The three, the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa says, Al Muta'allim, Al Mu'allim, Wal Muta'allim, Wa Dhikrallah. The first person is the one who is a teacher of this deen, the teacher of the insight of that which comes from Allah and His Rasul. The second one is the person who goes out to seek the knowledge of his religion and to implement that to the best of his ability. The third one is Dhikrallah, the person who keeps himself in the remembrance of Allah and making ibadah and being connected with Allah Ta'ala. May Allah Ta'ala grant us to be of those people that we actually strive to be able to come in one of those levels of our life. And we obviously see from the side that we've spoken earlier on when we spoke about the importance of the seeking of knowledge, of what benefit is it for us that we need to seek knowledge? So if we go and seek knowledge, then we are not part of the curses of the earth. If we do not go and seek knowledge, billah, we probably can be part of the curses of what life has to offer us. May Allah protect all of us, inshallah. Ameen. We were dealing in the section of leadership in Islam. We were speaking of the quality of the, 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 uh, of the prophets and that Allah has chosen them. And we've then mentioned that Allah has, after the prophets, given the status to our beloved prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in his position. And to allow us to look further in who he is, listen to how Allah describes him in the Holy Quran as his status. Allah says to us from the one angle, Allah says to us about him, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ As a leader with leadership, deep leadership qualities, 
you will find in him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the best of examples for you. Ya Rabb, la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. He will, he will, whatever uh, advice you need, guidance you need. And Allah says, that is for people who want to, liman kana yarjullah, for those people who wants to come nearer to Allah. And who wants to return back to their Lord. Allah ta'ala, the fact means that they're going to die and meet up with Allah. Wal al akhir. And it's for those people who need to meet up with Yawm Al-Qiyamah and needs to find the results or the rewards for their efforts and the commitment that they've done. For those people, Muhammad is the best example. And then Allah says, Allah," And the person who goes into remembrance of Allah, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, is the best person to want to follow when it comes to that. If you ever want to have a link with one, well, I want to want link with Allah and intimate with Allah and the remembrance of Allah, Muhammad is that. May Allah open the path for all of us, right? So this is our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But we went then further and we said that our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then told us or taught us that the rightly guided people, the Khulafa al-Rashidin of, of his companions, the four of them, they are the next level of advice for you or guidance for you or people that will be your leadership to guide you people. May Allah grant and give khair and barakah. And then we went to the level of the fact that the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa also taught us that besides the Khulafa al-Rashidin, each and every one of those companions, if you take to them, if you take to their advice and guidance and you see them as your leaders, because Allah has made them the pioneers of your religion, and you prepare to follow them and give them the respect and dignity, then they will only be a guidance for the best of your world and the best of your akhirah. Right? That is our beloved Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. That his advice, and he tells us that, and he wants us to understand that he is the best to guide us to become the leaders of this world. There is no other form of true leadership. There is leadership that will, people say we want to become leaders. Everybody is calling for leadership today, or wanting to be leaders. But how do they carry the capacity and the ability and that which Allah and His Rasul has guided us to the best of leaders? May Allah open the path for all of us. Then our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa in his advice for us goes further than just his companions. He also speaks of the khilafah, of the fact that there were people that will be the khulafa, the, the khilafah, that there will be uh, people become the leaders of, the, of, of, of humanity. And they will most probably take charge. And they will have to guide people, and they need to know to be the leadership of the people to guide them to what is best for their world and best for the year after. And as time goes on in the process of Khilafah, Allah will allow that this Ummah will always have people who will come, that Allah will send to always rise up to the highest level for insight and for knowledge and for guidance for these people, for us, so that we can actually, if there is an ebb. In the, the Ummah, which means this Ummah is going down, and Allah will send people to guide us so that we can get into the, into the flow again. And we don't remain in the ebb, we don't need the low people. There will be tests on us, and we'll be moving to positivity. Subhanak. May Allah grant us khair and barakah, inshallah. And through the process of our life, that Allah will grant us what is best. And so we see from the side of Khilafah, at the side of leadership, from Islam, in an Islamic process, and its progression. They need to be in every government that there is. 
the governments must be able to look at how to develop mankind and to grow them. And I'm not speaking, but I'm speaking about the most, the so-called Muslim governments, supposed to be because we cannot expect the same from because they do not have leadership through leadership. They are the leaders of the people as the government of the people, but their governments is not taking to the path of Allah. This is the problem. So when we speak of leadership in Islam, we're referring to the fact that, especially in governments, those governments that claim themselves as the Muslim governments, they must do their best to be able to guide man for the best of this dunya, and that must be which is the best of the year after may Allah grant it khair and barakah for all of us, inshallah. Amin, we'll continue right after this. 20 away from 4 on VOC, keep it logged on to 91.3. 3.42, we continue with Madrasa on the A. MashaAllah, Bismillah, Shukran, Jazakallah, Fadat, and Allah. We are still busy in the segment called Leadership in Islam and its Progression. We were speaking about the various forms of leadership. We were at the point speaking about the governments in the modern day and time that those governments must have within them the process of looking at how can we structure their lives and for their people to guide and see that their whole life is a reminder that people can recognize who Allah is and to give to them leadership and the might and power for them as the so the governments need to work at uplifting the quality and value of their people but so in every province that there is the government must make say sure that there is leadership in the province and the the province gets leadership and they give leadership to their people and so Every province is divided into X amount of areas and every area must have a leader or leadership in them. And so the Ummah then looks at the process of leadership from every angle and those leaders. And so if there's any groups in all the areas, in every group there must be a leader and there must be leadership within them. In every institution there must be leadership and they must have, strive to be able to get leaders there. I'm speaking of leaders from the Islamic perspective. And in every organization, there must be leadership and they must be able to look from an Islamic perspective. And we find then that there is not left behind anything, but there is leadership within them and they work towards the leadership in an Islamic perspective. That in actual fact, whatever is the message of Allah and His Messenger becomes a norm. And this should be the insight that the Ummah have. Wherever they find themselves, we recognize that there should be leaders from the highest level of the body of the, uh, of the world, the various governments, leadership from an Islamic perspective. And the issue of Khilafah is something that everybody must be able to look at, but the government must be able to have leadership. The provinces must, every province must have a leadership. In all the areas that there is, in every area there must be leadership. In all the groups that there is, every group must have a leader under the area, uh, the, the areas. Every institution they must have their leader. And every organization, they must have their leader, all linked to the leadership in the areas, linked to the leadership of the province, linked to the leaders of the government, which is linked to the leaders of the world. So Khilafah must become an issue. And that is important within Islam. And that is part of the progression that Allah expects of this Ummah. But that starts from all that we've dealt with now happens to understand if you the and me the individual understand that this is something that Allah expects of us then you and I need to work towards from an individual aspect the aspect of leadership leadership in myself leadership in 
the qualities that I have, leadership in my environment that I deal with, leadership in the fact that I can be, if to be able to be a leader today, I must be a righteous follower to a leader in front of me. Yeah, Rob. So, because leaders are, as we've said earlier, many times there's the question, are leaders born, are you just naturally a leader? In the Islamic perspective, you're not born a leader. A leader's leadership is a reality that must develop, and it must develop with each and every one of us. We started there. It's something that we need to sort after. We must all strive to be able to see that we become part of the leadership, and we must be able to see that we nurture the process of leadership in the generation that follows us. Right. So each and every one of us must become a leader. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam goes about to be able to tell us precisely and we hope to inshallah as we go along in this program to show us how this leadership progress and its development as it goes on and how should we become to those positions where we see that leadership is within us, we keep the qualities within ourselves and we work towards that but at the same time as much as we look at ourselves to become good leaders ourselves, we also then as generations comes about, we play the role and assistance to be able to see that we develop leadership in generations to come after us. May Allah open the path for all of us, inshaAllah. So, uh, that, that gives us the process here of what we see leadership. Let's just look, I said earlier on, that leadership in its true sense needs to come from the individual. Or it's an individual responsibility. Listen to the words of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa He says to us, Kullukum ra'in. Each and every one of you are a leader. Kullukum. None of you are exempted. You're not too young. You're not too old. You're not too dark. You're not too light. Um, you're not too rich. You're not too poor. Each and every one is exempted. Nobody, nobody else. Nobody is exempted in the position. Meaning everybody's been taken the, given the responsibility of working towards and striving towards leadership. So what does the Nabi mean by the second part of the hadith? The translation of the second part of the hadith says, And each and every one of you will be kept responsible for leadership. It is a necessity that you need to understand. You should work towards it. He advises and he commands and he says, Each and every of you must work towards leadership. You must strive to see that leadership becomes yours. It's your necessity. You don't have a... A democratic right to say yay or nay, you are commanded, you are instructed, you are enforced. You must, as if you call yourself Muslim, you must work towards the development of leadership. So what is Allah and His Rasul doing when He says this to us? What are they doing to us? They are uplifting us. They are supporting us. They are encouraging us to be able to become that of benefit for others. For when we play the role of leadership and develop and understand the load, then we can make the world around us so much more benefit, beneficent. And the world can then become so much more meaningful. And as we set the role of leadership within ourselves, leadership flourishes amongst us. And inshallah, it develops to the greater level of humanity. May Allah grant us to be able to come to realize why is leadership such an important factor and what is it that Allah wants. And we hope inshallah as we go along that Allah grants us to be able to come to the level of leadership developing in this ummah inshallah. 10 for 4, ons gaan nou voort met Madrasa A. 3.52 in the PM, welcome back to the final part of the program, Madrasa on Air with Sheikh Ibrahim Abrahams. 
Shukran for the Tandiyadila. Barakallahu feekum. We've shared here the processes of understanding how leadership should become a norm within us and how the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw the need, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the need for each and everyone to understand that I must to work towards leadership. I must strive to be a leader. Every male and every female, every young and every old. And does it mean leadership as the West looks at leadership? No. And thus the Nabi says, Kullukum ra'in. Each and every, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he says to us, each and every one of you need to be a leader. Need to walk, work towards leadership qualities. وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ أَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ And you are going to be questioned by Allah till the day of the Qiyamah about your leadership qualities that Allah has given you. So what is meant by كُلُّكُمْ رَائِن Does it mean you are just automatically a leader? No. Our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam refers to leadership is something that each and every one of you need to aspire to. You must be able to see that you have the capacity to be able to lead when the challenge comes for you to lead. Now today you are not a leader, but tomorrow you are the eldest of your brothers and your father falls, falls away. And so you need a brother who needs to be a leader. And so every one of you need to become leaders, but the eldest one will then have to take leadership. And if there's no brothers or there's an elderly sister, then she will have to take over leadership. And you and I do not know what the circumstances are of life, what and when things will happen so that we need to be leaders. And thus the Nabi say, each and every one of you are and need to work towards leadership and see that you, for when the need comes, you and I needs to ha- need to have that leadership. And so, if you and I need to nurture as a mother and father the children, you are automatically the leader of the family as mom and dad. And you need to take leadership, but you need to know the leadership given to you by Allah and His Messenger and understand that leadership and implement that leadership in your life first so that you can produce the living of leadership in front of your children and your family so that leadership can become part of theirs. They cannot become leadership and as you know, nobody can become a leader. As we said earlier, a leader is not born. Leadership becomes a development, a sense of recognizing we're not there, but putting in the commitment and effort and the encouragement of Allah and His Rasul to want us to strive to become the leaders of this world, the leaders of humanity, the leaders of good for the world and for everybody else, and so that we can work on our own self, but recognize that leadership comes when I am a good follower. So if you are a child and your father is the leader, you submit yourself to the followership of him if he is obedient to Allah and his messenger, then you recognize you will become a good leader only submitting yourself to that which comes from Allah and his messenger in the life of your father. And you accept him to be your leader and you submit yourself to that. And so in every aspect of life, Leadership is a needed reality. And if you look at the Ummah, if leadership is not in the parent, how will it be able to transfer to the child? And what type of children are we seeing happens in the future? And if the child is not reared, if the, the child is not reared appropriately, what is he going to do to his children and so forth and so forth? And this is the type of life that we see living around us. And thus, 
We need to come back to the reality of asking ourselves, what is the calling in leadership? What is the expectation for me to be a leader? If this is how far our Nabi has said, Kullukum, each and every one of necessity, as a command, as a fart, as not a maybe, as not optional, as a necessity which none of us have a right to say yes or no, we need to see it's being executed. He says to us, Kullukum, ra in each and every one of you, need of necessity work towards the establishment of leadership in your life and you will be kept responsible so when we speak about responsibility what are we speaking about and that we do minutes after this inshallah all right two minutes roll sheikh so just a reminder when i say after this i mean inshallah in the next program we hope to be able to share that with you and we just hope to be able to remind you people that this some sick people out there and may Allah grant them khair and barakah among them are the people uh, anti, anti Kashifa Abbas and anti Suraya January we ask Allah may Allah grant them khair and barakah in their in the health inshallah and that Allah keeps them in safety and security inshallah Amen. and we beg of Allah to grant them a, prosper, a sense of prosperity and that they come back to society and live the, the good inshallah um, the advice of the Nabi sallallahu, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is to be able to make the du- du- dua to say Ya Rabbi al-Nas adhibi al-Ba'as ishfi anta shafi la shifa'a illa shifa'uk shifa'an da yuradiru saqama Nas'alullahu al-Azim Rabbal arshi al-Azim ayyashfiyahum wa yashfi jami'a marta al-Muslimin birahmatika ya arham al-Rahimin May Allah accept the dua from all of us This is the advice of our Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa sallallahu ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahabihi wa barik wa sallam walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen We would want to just remind our, our people at the same time of the the fact that there will be the excursions that we've given you the dates and the places we will give you tomorrow again that and also the reminder of the excursion that will take place um, and we will give you the reminders of those things again tomorrow inshallah um, just before we end off this this uh, slot with you people um, uh, we'd want to make dua with you people and ask of you to make dua with us and let us collectively all recite surah al-asr together by saying the words, words, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillahi Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Wal-Asr Inna Al-Insana Lafi Husr Illa Al-Ladhina Amanu Wa Amilu Al-Salihat Wa Tawasaw Bil-Haqqi Wa Tawasaw Bil-Sabr Wa Sallallahu Ala Sayyidina Wa Mawlana Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Wa Barik Wa Salim Subhan Rabbika Rabbil Izzati Amma Yasifun Wa Salamun Ala Al-Mussaleen Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin Shukran for another informative program Afwan Dillan Ali Khalikin Baraka Fahamah Shukran wa salamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. That is it from me and the crew on board. I'm back with you tomorrow, inshallah. Tadam. Wa salam alaikum.